Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index, delivered through the AI Podcast Channel. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle, and I've got my two regular guests joining me, and we're going to review Money in the Bank um, in again strange format. Every every pay per view will be for a, a little while going on uh, by the looks of it. Uh, but I'll introduce my guest uh, today. How are you doing? Hey, Guy, not bad yourself. I'm good. I'm good. The, the decent weather's back after. Bit of a wetter weekend, so it's it's all good for me. It was the complete opposite for us. Our weekend was all sunny whilst we were in lockdown, and then come Sunday they start easing lockdown, and it just became grey. Yep, <laughs> yep. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's the most English thing I've ever heard in my life. Coming, coming... <laughs> it was like two days of sunlight, and that's probably all we're going to see for the rest of the year. Yep. I mean, Alex, you can't talk about weather. Like, your country was trying to kill you in January. Still is. It's just more insidious about it now. Um, Got other other issues to deal with. (laughs) Yeah, really. The country, he's had enough of this, to be honest. But no, yes, I'm I'm doing very well, guys. Thank you very much. My shield brethren. I was trying to to decide in my head, as you were doing that introduction, who would be Roman and who would be Seth out of you two, because I'm taking claim to Dean um, as the man who talks too much and... And people don't really understand it most of the time. But uh I'm being Kurt Angle for that one minute. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon Guy's Roman in terms of he's the one that is always there and and he's getting pushed and I'm not sure the audience is so reciprocal with him whereas Taddy oh, is very you. much the one who I can I can see turning on us in the future. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. But uh no, I'm doing well. Um our, yeah, we get we're getting cold now. It's always funny when I I, I when English people uh, or people from the UK ask me about the weather. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's freaking freezing here. We got that to 12 degrees yesterday. We were freezing out. Perfect. And then I think about who I'm talking to. I'm like, oh yeah, that's just a spring day in the UK. Spring, summer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, no, but yeah, I'm. I'm I'm happier, I think, doing this podcast than I have been recently because I, I, I conditioned myself to be like, okay, the Money in the Bank match, third, you know, the third cinematic match, the pay per view doesn't look that great, but I thought we actually had a pretty good weekend in terms of Raw was great, 
Um, some of the matches on Money in the Bank were fantastic in their own way, which we'll talk about in a sec. And then the Money in the Bank match actually was funny and was sort of that car crash TV that mean that that we sort of talked about ages ago in terms of mm. previewing last WrestleMania. And yeah, and, and overall, I was really happy with what wrestling sort of produced over the weekend, taking into account the Undertaker documentary as well. Yeah, I should talk about that. We'll maybe fit that in the end, as long as we don't go two hours as usual. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, let, let's get into the Money Bank card. I mean, pre-show was the pre-show. <laughs> we got Jeff Hardy v Cesaro, and I completely forgot Cesaro and Sheamus were mates, so it kind of made sense in the fact that Jeff and Sheamus are feuding, but um, it was what it was, I suppose, today. It was a match where... Both could have probably done a lot more, but on a pre-show, it was just a, a good, decent match, really. Yeah, I think it, it's probably the perfect match for Jeff Hardy. If you're going to get in the ring with someone and, you know, you're trying to get the rust off, Cesaro is probably the safest guy to get in there with, and he's probably the one guy you know guaranteed is going to make you look good. Um, So that that's all it was, a, a feature match for Jeff Hardy, and Cesaro did his part excellently. It's just a shame how how underrated he is or underutilized he is in in WWE when you see matches like this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if the bar comes back, I'd be kind of happy with that. But yeah, I think every time someone brings up Cesaro, underused, underutilized, underrated by the higher up people. Um, but yeah, what, what what did you reckon, Alex? If you watched um, it, it was. It was. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I sort of skipped through the match and sort of said, "Oh, I wonder what they're doing with Jeff." I think it was um, a nice way to reintroduce Jeff, and I think they're going to be slow about it because there was there, there's a very good chance that this is probably his last run, and if they can elongate that along a decent stretch, then um, I mean Jeff Hardy not wrestling is sort of and inconceivable idea but he deserves to get a, a one last run that sends him out the right way and, and hopefully this is it and like Teddy said if there's one person you want to work with then yeah Cesaro is the best way to start that off yeah absolutely and Alex I'll stick with you for the uh, Smackdown tag titles as I keep saying every time I do pod I've not really been watching um, Smackdown too much I've watched the highlights and stuff um but when you get a, a fatal four-way for a tag titles, it normally ends up in a fun match, and I think this is what this was, really. It was, yeah. Forgotten Sons impressed me. Um, sort of for the first time since they debuted, I've sort of remembered, oh, yeah, actually, they're not that bad, are they? Um, I still think Jackson Reich is probably the one of that group who probably would be better suited to a singles run. But overall, um, the Lucha House Party were fun. Thought the dynamics were really good. I thought it was a fun, fast match, um, which is hard to do without a crowd because you can't feed off the energy and you can't like uh, what's the word? Sort of fasten things up when the crowd is getting hot and slow them down when they're not. Um, but overall, yeah, this this SmackDown tag division is actually looking like one of the few shining lights of SmackDown recently, and uh, certainly compared to the Raw tag division, which is just the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, who are doing great, but it's just them uh, because, you know, everyone else is either just smashed together or they're just sort of nobodies looking at Shane Thorne and, and his mate. Um, 
And I think there's a there's a good chance that sort of SmackDown's tag division could become that. I mean, it already has been the staple of the last few years. Think of New Day Usos, think of The Bar, as you mentioned before. And uh, there's a good chance that that could carry on. This group of teams is fantastic. Whether or not we see heavy machinery in there, probably dependent on, on what we'll talk about later on in the show. But overall, it was a really fun match and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, to do. I mean, what what did you reckon of the match itself and the fact and probably the finish, which we kind of talked about the rumors of <clears throat> possibly some teams split up on SmackDown and Big E winning a match without the use of a joint finisher. He's just using the big ending. It, does it allude to that, or am I going too deep with the with that there? Well, it, it makes sense. I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it now. So it it is a point that can. Maybe we, we will come back to later on if um, the hacker's train of thought um, is going to be followed. I think in terms of the match itself, I thought it was a fun match, great opening match, and it kind of set the tone for the whole evening. It showed you that it was just going to be a really, really fun pay-per-view, which I think they, they needed considering how serious WrestleMania tends to be and all all the commotion that's going on in and around the company, you know, notwithstanding the pandemic that's going around the world, but just whatever's happening inside WWE. I thought this pay-per-view was a fun pay-per-view that they needed just to let their hair down, enjoy themselves. And I thought this match was fast. It was frantic. It had, you know, flying moves. Um, they, they performed really, really well. And it was just a joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Malik's New Day winning, I mean, I kind of maybe thought the Forgotten Sons may have got the, the rub straight away, but what... what, what It's probably reckon? too early. Mm. Um, the Lucha House Party are good to put in these fun matches, but they're probably not good enough. Uh, I was in- it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they flip-flopped between New Day and Miz and Morrison and that, but it's probably, yeah, I can see why they didn't do that, so... Giving the new day of the titles makes sense. The question is going to be which team do they split up, if any? Um, which team has the singles guys? Because we keep saying this, but SmackDown is still quite thin. Uh, they've got a consolidated roster. Like I mean, if you look at the the hacker video, the short like vignette that we got, he was only ta- uh, he was only targeting SmackDown people. Um, every guy in it was a SmackDown superstar. Which makes you think, yeah, it's probably one of like Ali or Gable, as we've already discussed. Um, but if there is going to be a singles guy who goes on to do something sort of bigger, maybe not breaking up because I don't, I don't think they should break up the new day. But uh, yeah, if you if you take Big E and put him in the main event because you know you don't have that many main event dudes on SmackDown, then. <laughs> Having the New Day as the champions is, is sort of a benefit. If you want to take Miz and Morrison and split them up, then you can have New Day versus Forgotten Sons. If you want to put Big E into the main event picture, well, having them hold the titles just makes that even more interesting and entertaining. So I think the New Day holding the belts has become one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, give it to the New Day. They're going to have another reign. But at the same time, it's not grating. It's not bad. Um and I think, barring barring the Usos being injured, they're sort of the obvious choice right now. Yeah, <clears throat> so I think that'd be the one that has the most impact as well. Because I mean, if you split up Miz and Morrison, meh, Usos won't work, and 
there's not many other teams you can give a shit about, really, unless it's Tucker. But no, let's not. Let's let's uh, save that to the end. Let's save that. Let's save to the end. Um, Tadiwa, I'll give you the uh, shit bit. You're welcome. Um, Bobby Lashley, which was <laughs> a men- should have been MVP against R Truth. I mean, less so about the match. I mean, what do you, do you, the seemingly pushing Bobby Lashley to something. I mean, is this building him to be a challenger for either Drew or Brock? Because that's a rumored match for a while now. Yeah, um, and I'm sure we we might get onto this when when we speak about what happened on Raw. But with regards to this match, I was wondering why MVP versus R-Truth was on the main card and, and Jeff Hardy and Cesaro was on the pre-show and then it was quickly explained after Bobby Lashley into the match. Um, I think in, in terms of it, it, it was what it was. It served a purpose. Um, uh, it will be interesting to see where Bobby Lashley goes from this. As you said, um, for me, it looks like He'll just be one of the competitors that are fed to Drew McIntyre um, because he, he seems like he's going to be joining a, a heel faction or at least some iteration of a heel faction. Mm. And Brock Lesnar is already a heel in WWE's eyes, and I don't see them doing many heel versus heel matches. So I, I think he's he's going to be lined up to go against Drew at some point in time. Is that faction... I can't remember his name, is it... Is it Fink or Vink? Vink. And the other guy, the Australian guy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, is, is that, I mean, how, how interesting of a, I mean, the other two were kind of brand new. I mean, not, they weren't even together all, in NXT. Not at all interesting. Well, thought is, but as a team, if, yeah, no. Feels like this could should have been Ricochet and um, Christ Cedric. Cedric. I had the yeah, Alexander bit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, but uh, yeah, I think that's the issue is they haven't committed to turning anyone in the last sort of few weeks. Because that was always the big thing is like, well, if MVP is there, you could turn Ricochet and have that be interesting. Or you could turn, obviously turn Cedric. You, that's a good idea, considering that doesn't have much of a character. Or even turn Apollo um, and have him be more interesting. But, yeah, the MVP and Lashley thing is good. The promo on Raw, sorry, the segment on Raw was good. And having it be with Lana, with the slow burn of Lana Costi in matches. Oh, excuse me. Costi in matches um, is good. But whether it's a stable... I mean, I know Heyman and Triple H love stables, and right now you've got the Zelina faction. You've got the Monday Night Messiah group, which is currently two people, obviously, because they're also <laughs> paying their engine. Um, so maybe they are looking for another one there, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it doesn't strike me as gold. Usually I'm all for stables, but this one strikes me as a bit too arbitrary. Mm, there's not really the connection there, is there? I think. But just a shout out to to Artree for this one. Um, when Bobby Lashley came in and he said MVP was getting the night off, uh, Truth walking away saying, "Oh, I get, I get the night off too. Thanks." It was just <laughs> just a little com- comedy just, timing that that's so brilliant that comes from he's him. He's great. He's I love great. It's so good. And and the Tom Brady line. 
later on was fun. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Oh, God. Hey, they're all in Florida now. Oh, dear. Um, match of the night, uh, SmackDown's Women's Championship, Tamina, five-star <laughs> Tamina. Um, yeah, this is the shit bit, guy. <laughs> you said that the, the last one was the shit bit. This is the shit bit. How, how dare you? How, how fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. You, you managed to convince me that she had a chance that they might actually do it. You, like, you germinated in my brain with me, like, to me, like, the big lass, she's going to win. They're going to give it to her. Bailey Sasha doesn't need a title. What are they, they going to do it? They're going to do it. I'm dreading the idea of Tamita being Smackdown Women's Champion, but thank God Bailey won. And the match was crap, but. At least they're, they're still going with the Sasha and Bailey idea with the whole um the following uh, the following the match or before the match basically saying oh Bailey answering for Sasha I liked it, it, was, it, it I liked the slow build it's not over yet they have to cheat to beat her oh no don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh they might cost her, oh. she might cost her the title at Backlash uh, didn't Bailey get uh, injured didn't I, I'm sure Red Bailey got injured. I think she she had a mark oh. on her face or, or something. Oh uh, yeah, I saw, she did I saw a headline like that. It looked yeah. like a pimple, but it, no, you're right. It looked like it was more of a scar. Yeah. Right, when you get in with professionals, you got to be on their level, haven't you? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gonna win at backlash, and it's gonna be funny. You're, no, she's <laughs> so bad. Oh, and not bad like team bad. Bad, the synonym of dreadful. She's just god awful. I can't stand her. Anyway, it's the happening. match was the match was it. It was just what it was. To be honest, I can't even remember it apart from like super kicks that were like more more in the fraught area. Summed <laughs> up to me in Korea. Uh, here's a super kick on your sternum. <laughs> yeah, on your chest. Super kick to the throat, so much cold. Very much not a super kick to the throat. Super kick to the tit. Oh dear. Should really if they change that name to it, it'd be funny. Alright. Um today I'll start with you on this. I mean Strowman v Bray Wyatt. I was as I said, as we keep saying, I've not really watched TV that much. I was half expecting the thing. But storytelling wise, I mean Bray Wyatt fit perfectly. It obviously seems like it's going to continue, but it it, it fit perfectly with Jumper, bro. I, I, I love the fact that they protected the Fiend here. Um, I think Jumper Bray could lose uh, as many as many matches as they want as long mm. as the Fiend gets revenge for whatever happens. I, the only concern I would have is he might start creeping into the whole Finn Balor and the Demon issue where when you know yeah. Finn Balor's fighting you don't really invest too much in it um but because Bray is so charismatic and he he just plays that character so well I think it's a lot better than just uh the vanilla smiling Finn Balor um that that with with the jacket and pop the jacket collar that yeah, yeah. Vince had him doing at least there are a bit more layers to uh Jumper Bray so hopefully that that push, pushes him through the amount of losses that he's going to get over the the coming years. But in terms of the match itself, um, I like the match. I thought it was a good match. Um, Braun using the choke slam, I think is, is, is good. Mm. He's a big guy. Um, most of the guys that use the choke slam, slam are no longer on TV, at least regularly. 
Um, but then the ending for me was just a little bit weird uh, when when the mask came out. But I, I get what they were trying to do. Um, yeah, I can't wait for the fiend to to avenge. Yeah, Alex. I mean, before we get into our uh, prophecy afterwards, uh, what, what what did you make of the match slash segment afterwards? I loved it. I love the little bits in Bray Wyatt matches where he t- you listen to him talk and you realize it's all part of the story um, because he was shouting at Braun when he put the mask on. He said, I told him, I told him, I told him I could save you. I told him I could save you. And he was obviously referencing The Fiend and how he's saying he told The Fiend that he didn't need to come out, that he could, the jumper Bray could come out and save Braun and make him turn and get him to, to come home uh, in air quotation marks. Um, I love the little, the, the little bits with Jumper Bray coming out and smiling and, and singing and, um, talking to Bray during the match. I uh, talking to Braun during the match, just yelling out, saying that wasn't very nice. Um, just, oh, there's, there's so many little bits and, and it's one of the few things that had lived up to what we expected because, you know, this time last year when we were speculating about what, maybe not even, sorry, eight months ago, we were mm-hmm. speculating about what, um, it was still a vignette stage, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And we'd be like, well, imagine Jumper Break coming out and wrestling a match and being and singing the Firefly Funhouse and having puppets out there. And I mean, maybe enforced by the uh, pandemic, COVID, the COVID era. Um, but we are getting that, and, and it's really, really good. But in terms of the prophecy, I mean, I know you're you're about to get excited about this guy, but yeah, very much looks like we're going to get the Fiend coming out again to take his title back, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I'll stick with you, I mean, when when Braun won it, we kind of thought he might just drop it straight to Roman, probably at SummerSlam, which isn't just straight after Mania, but it's the next big one. But whether it's backlash and I'm not sure. There'll probably be one more than SummerSlam, I think. But is is it now Braun v the Fiend that'll be the big summer program, or do you think it'll be done at Backlash, then the Fiend wins, or even if Braun wins, do you think it this will be a long term feud? It's hard to say. Roman certainly won't be back till next year, if that. So you either slot the Fiend in. Um, or you do another superstar shake-up and send the Fiend back to Raw. Um, I'm I'm not... I mean, I haven't heard anything about a superstar shake-up happening this year, so from what I'd expect, I'd probably say the Fiend beats Braun at some point. Mm. Whether that the Fiend comes out of backlash or whether Bray has a bit of, like, inner turmoil with the Fiend and saying, like, you know, I don't need you. I don't need you. I took out John Cena. We took out John Cena. Come on, let's let's think about this. Let's try and save Braun. I I don't know, but I would suggest that the Fiend will have the title by the end of SummerSlam. Put it that way, because mm. what we've got. What was it last year? This was this was stomping ground territory, wasn't it? This was um yes. Because I don't think they had backlash last year, did they? But they certainly had Money in the Bank, and then somewhere along the line there were stomping grounds, and then. SummerSlam by memory. And with another pay-per-view slotted in there somewhere. Perhaps a Saudi one as well. But obviously that won't be happening this year. Um, And and to do what, I mean, it's it's obviously strange. And they've they've brought in the 
they've brought back the wild card rule, or that's what Drew was pretty much saying as in invitations now or some bullshit. Um, does that kind of just mix it up for everyone? It kind of does lead off the, the Fiend storyline. We don't have to rush into Fiend v. Braun. We could even have the Fiend against the Raw superstar now or something like that. Um, I, I think if the the ending had been more mysterious, then perhaps mm. it would have led to something else. But I, I think they're just going to continue to run with it. Yeah. Um, I, I got no indication other than that that it's just going to be now the Fiend versus uh, Braun. Yeah, probably makes the most sense. Um, Alex, yeah, what's the on... flick, actually, that's true. The flicker at the end probably signals yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, what what do we what do we make about the I'm just going to call it the wildcard rule because that's what it's going to turn into. Do, what what do you reckon? I think the fact that we kind of meant, keep mentioning SmackDown has a a smallish roster, especially without yeah, Roman, it, it does make sense in that regard. But do you think well, it'll eventually just turn into the wildcard mess where it's literally no split? Yeah, I think I think Taddy put this in the group chat. They could. My theory is that it's going to be Corona era style. And it's almost enforced because SmackDown don't have an Intercontinental Champion right now. Um, Raw don't have a main event player in Kevin Owens. Um, we don't know. I mean, they could turn Shinsuke face, uh, but by the sounds of it, I mean, he hasn't been on TV for a little bit. But yeah, the, the not having Sammy there is, is a, again, a segment of their programming. Not having Roman there is a segment of their programming. Not having Ali and Gable yet, one of them might be the hacker, but as of right now, you can only do vignettes. Their roster is thin. And even on the Raw side, you're seeing people drop. And as soon as um, KO gets a big win, he gets this injury. As soon as Seth gets momentum with his stable, Akam and Rezar go down. Uh, Andrade only recently got back, and, and we might talk about later how he his face drew three or four times in the last sort of two months. It's not a great spot. It's entirely not of their own doing. It's not like any of the guys they fired would necessarily be a fix, maybe with the exception of Rusev. So I can see them intermingling with another wildcard rule purely for the COVID crisis because I think the reaction to the wildcard rule and the fact that multiple superstars commented once the wildcard rule was over about how silly it was uh, means that they don't want they want to have separate brands on separate networks with separate identities but they haven't figured out a way to do that yet and that, that's essentially led us to this point where not even like both rosters are thin the fact mm. that we're seeing rematches and rematches on Raw which is the three hour show obviously makes you think that Jesus these like the COVID era has them hard in terms of injuries obviously releases and yeah not being able to rotate the roster as much as they'd like yeah it's certainly it's it's it, you're seeing it more and now i think i watched the last couple of rolls in a row you kind of well i watched half of last night um it i mean the street profits and viking that as we said earlier they're the only tag team but we're going to have Humberto Carrillo against pretty much everyone every week again. Um, it's, yeah, they're running out of people. But it's good, but it's good like AJ's back and Alistair. What happened with Alistair and Ray and Seth and Buddy? 
what happened between them? Basically, basically Seth snapped. Um, Seth drove the steel. Uh, sorry, drove Ray's eye into the steel steps and like held him there. And it was, I mean, it was quite gruesome in terms of their their effect. The design effect worked well. You could tell it was a work, but still, Ray's eye was like bleeding, and Alistair Black was obviously part of the tag match. And <clears throat> when when they were backstage, Seth came in to apologize in the trainer's room and said, "I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened." This was after he came out looking completely disheveled and, and sort of broken um, from Money in the Bank. Uh, and then Alistair and Buddy started brawling in the trainer's room and Seth basically just walked away. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, all right, I'm out of here. And uh, Ray's eye was... And I was speculating that the first Seth feud after um, Lewis and Drew would have to be a win. And I, I, one of the names I tossed up was Ray. I think Ray would probably be a good footing because they could have a good match. Seth could win and it will help his character. Um, and yeah, that's the thing. When Alistair can't really go to the main event scene, uh, you're having to bring Corbett in because he's someone who can eat a loss. Next will probably be Lashley. I mean, who else can you bring up to eat a loss to Drew, who has probably been the standout of this, this sort of era, this year? So I mean, it's difficult, I think. And it's not for lack of trying. Like I said, it's definitely just difficult in terms of circumstances. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. I mean, we can speculate maybe if we go on the raw bit about a couple of the uh, title pitches and stuff like that. But let's move on to the uh, WWE title match um, for on Money in the Bank. And today, well, I thought this was maybe a bit of a, a slow start, but probably about around the halfway point, maybe two thirds, it turned into a really, really good match. Yeah, I enjoyed this match. Um, I, I've really been enjoying Seth Rollins' work in the ring during the Rona era. Um, if, if you look back at some of his matches, I think he's had probably the best matches. Um, once again, in this one, you know, he comes out with new music, which I thought was needed. Mm. Uh, considering his his change of character, you can't really have the burn it down and and the guitar riff and all of that going on. Um, so that that was a nice uh, surprise. I was I wasn't expecting it. In terms of Drew, you can see more and more he's getting comfortable being the champion and carrying himself as a champion. You can see in this match. I don't know if it's going to become a theme of his, but there's certain points where he kicks out at one, and then he goes on like some kind of tear. So it will be interesting to see if this is something that continues with him, um, if that's sort of his charge point. Uh, in terms of most impressive things, I thought that, um, what's called the, the suplex, the Falcon, Falcon Arrow. Arrow suplex yeah. was absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, Seth's a strong guy, man. Uh, he, he pulled that off well and, and drew even when he was, you know, on that tree of woe by the turnbuckle and he just did that sit up and and did a German suplex to Seth. I thought Seth sold that like an absolute legend. Um, We've seen that move a lot from Drew, but I'm glad that we hadn't seen it in in a good long while. And I think that's the beauty in saving some of these moves for the special matches is it means more when it happens in Mm. a, on a pay-per-view you think of the likes of Big E with his um, like, dive his yolo dive <laughs> i don't like seeing <laughs> it see week in, week they should definitely <laughs> that thing it. is scary as shit i'm waiting for him to break a shoulder or jamie's neck yeah and, and i don't think he should be pulling it off week in week out it's just not worth the risk for me um 
obviously with the theme of this pay-per-view, the, the risk is worth the reward. Even though I thought it should be the reward is worth the risk, but that, that's, that's going off on a tangent. Um, in terms of the, the end result, I thought correct result, keep the belt on Drew. Mm-hmm. I love that he won clean as well, which is not always the case in WWE when they're trying to keep two people strong. And then I was interested in the, the Seth handshake, you know, yeah. uh, Drew offered the handshake and Seth took it. I don't know if they've necessarily explained that part yet, but I do well, like the fact um, that Drew was willing to give the handshake uh, and, and be the bigger man in terms of, yeah, um, you know, you've done me wrong, but I, I still beat you and, and it's left in the ring. Well, the, the best part about the Rona era is almost the fact that you could hear a lot of the dialogue without the mics and certainly Drew was like, yeah, you may be, you may be a little bitch, but you gave me a hell of a fight. And Seth, that, that, I like, I like that when they do subtleties and Seth is very good at doing subtleties and Seth, you see him shake the hand and then afterwards just give this cold, stony eyed glare, just like, oh, I hate that I lost that. I hate that I just gave you a handshake. And that bled really nicely into the, next night where he was totally disheveled like he almost like like the handshake sparked in him that he lost and he just couldn't accept that oh god i can't believe he actually beat me clean oh god oh god uh and i like the subtlety of seth's character with that yeah i think that i think um what's the word the i mean yeah subtlety is 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 the right word but also almost the implications of certain actions like certain little actions winning clean you know, give me a handshake. Um, Bray saying, I told him, I told him. I think we get that a lot more in, in the Rona era than we're used to. And that that's one thing they've done really well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And um, maybe they're less directed. Obviously, they're pre-recorded rather than live, so maybe not. But maybe probably more in Bray's case, but Seth's character work's been really good, especially since his, his swap to the Monday Night Messiah. But it, it, I think it leaves a lot more open work for the, the talent itself, especially the main main event talent that's more trusted by Vince. I'm not saying, like, Ricochet and all them could, like, go do what they want, but I think he'll trust Bray, he'll trust Seth and all that to do the little things that mean quite a lot more when you can actually hear him. Um... What do you I'm just quickly what did you think of the match guy cuz I I loved it. Oh, I thought Paddy it was great. Certainly loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought I was like cuz I was watching it live I was like I must have been about half one two-ish over here and I sat there I was like this is a bit slower than I thought it'd be and then all of a sudden Drew suplexed him, but a German suplexed him from the top rope. Like, oh my god, he's fl- he's done like a pancake flop on the floor. It looks, yeah. From that the, moment on the it double just flip. Yeah, it just looked like I think that was kind of the, if I remember correctly, that was the moment that sparked it. And after that, it was just proper fast action. Seth doing the, I think it was like three dives out the way, pretty much avoiding each other's finishes. That was a great um, sequence at the end there. Drew hulking up every time he kicks out at one, as, as to do. I said, I, I quite like that. And for me, I mean, when you look at Drew, he should, he should be like that. He should be like a Hulk monster type thing because. Physically, he must, maybe apart from Braun and, to be fair, even he's probably taller than Brock, but apart from Braun and Brock, he's probably the third biggest person in the in the 
company off the top of my head, discounting Big Show and people like that. So yeah, he's it just he's, fits. in terms of tall plus size. Mm. I mean, Big E is just huge in terms of being tanked, but Drew is huge in terms of uh, bigger. Big E doesn't menace like, over people, though, does he? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. I always think of like if I was in a fight with someone as a stand, not as me obviously, but as a standard wrestler, as your kind of six foot sort of two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty ish pounds. Who would be the most like intimidating, imposing? And I mean, above everyone is Brock Lesnar because the dude is just a genetic freak of nature. We saw him in the Royal Rumble when he leapt off Big E and charged <laughs> to Kofi. It was incredible. And, um, but then, yeah, you just go, yeah, shit. Drew would be ridiculous because he's extremely tall and he's built like a tank. Um, he's just imposing as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other thing I was going to say um, before we go into the main event was two and a half hours. What a lovely time for a pay per view. Mm. What a go- and I I don't mind three and a half hour pay per views. Four maybe you're starting to push it. Anything over them before, oh no, you're doing you're doing too much. But yeah, the shortness of this pay per view really helped him. I think. Yeah, I think I think three and a half is probably the sweet spot for me because in a ideal sense, even if it is in the run you'd probably slip in a US title match and an Intercontinental title match and that may add on an extra half an hour or so and I think that'd be around about perfect then maybe a Raw title match as well tag team title match yeah, yeah. I think the time, the, the amount of titles probably mean, yeah, three and a half hours is that sweet spot yeah. because you, you always want one or two blood feuds in there as well, you know, mm-hmm. your Randy versus Edges, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what about you, Teddy? What's your what's your pay per view sweet spot? Yeah, I, I think between three and three and a half sounds sounds good to me. I, I I was surprised when when the main event started. I thought, wait a minute, does that mean the the Raw tag team title is going to be main eventing? Because I hadn't properly <laughs> looked at the the card, so I was so confused. And then I quickly realized, no, um, that this is it. So it was a pleasant surprise to not have to to drag yourself through a pay-per-view it, it felt like everything was fresh and everything was handled at a, a, a good pace where the matches that were fast were fast the matches that were needed to breathe i thought they let them breathe and it's still finished in, in good time so hopefully they can do this at least for some of the smaller pay-per-views mm. although I, I find my knee in the bank probably my third favorite pay-per-view at the moment yeah i like money in the bank as well royal rumble one Probably Survivor Series has been the most consistent one, so that's probably second for me. And then probably Ooh, Money in the Bank. It's a big call. Survivor Very Series cool. is always good, man. That's true, yeah. Although the last couple of Manias have been quite good. I mean, yeah. Mania, obviously, for, for extreme reasons, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put a Boneyard match on a pay for you, it's up there. Uh, and the Fire Five Funhouse match. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, we kind of mentioned Bobby Lashley, etc. I mean, today, would, is Bobby Lashley, you think, next in line, or do you think they'll do a program in between that or something, still trying to build up Bobby. What's next for Drew? I think Jinder Mahal is going to be next for Drew. Um, Obviously, he's got the match with Baron Corbin next week on Raw, but I think his next pure Raw feud is going to be Jinder Mahal. They've been touting the fact that he's a former WWE champion for um, since he's come back, so that's always telling that they're going to be putting him in a big spot. And then I think after that, by that time, you're hoping that Bobby is built enough, um, you know, it, 
enough credit to be able to challenge him and, and be a formidable challenger going into the SummerSlam uh, period of, of the year. I mean, if we get Drew v. Bobby Lashley in like Bobby Lashley v. Braun type match, which was fucking amazing a couple of months ago, a few months <laughs> ago. The carnage of that That match, was yeah. so good. That, that mini <laughs> feud was so good. That'd be, that'd be amazing. I, Alex, Jinder Mahal, I mean, it, there's yeah. a, the story there with Freeman Band, but you can't you can't mention yeah. he, you can't mention Heath Slater anymore. But um, it it fits, but at the same time, going from Seth Rollins to Jinder Mahal, the match quality that, comes that, down. That is a downgrade. It will be. It will be it's like going from Kate Upton to me. Kate, to, not <laughs> not you, guy. Have some dignity. I mean, Kay Upton's the bad one. <laughs> she's, gen- she's gender in the situation. Oh, yeah, from you to Kay Upton, yeah. Um, so just like, who's, the, who's that wicked Kate, Kate Hopkins? Go from Kate, Kate Hopkins. Oh, God, Kate no. I'm not having that bitch on my any podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of two women with the same name. Yes. And sort of, sort of got there in the end. Oh god, I hate that bitch. Um, yeah, she's anyway. Awful. She's an awful yeah, human being. But anyway, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But we were talking about Jinder Mahal. Yeah, let's move on. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Whatever it is. I mean, I, I I think I agree with you there to do. I think give Bobby Lashley one more pay per view run to build up. Maybe he can beat. But who can I'm, he beat? I'm trying to think Wait, of some mid carders. So many people on Raw can't be beaten. Like unless you give unless you feed Lashley Umberto like for another three weeks in a row, like. Mm. Even Andrade being beaten now is a bit like, oh, lads, maybe pump the brakes on Andrade losing so much. But then you look at the other heels and you're like, ah, yeah, that's an issue. I mean, you can't have Seth lose again. I mean, and if we're talking about true, he literally just lost. Uh, you, yeah, mm, there's not many. <laughs> AJ, he just he's he's just lost the the Boneyard match, and we're gonna get onto the, the, the rep- repercussions of that in a sec. But uh. 
if you're going to have him lose again, it needs to be someone good. You can't thrust him as part of picture again. Could be Andrew. Brian or something. If you bring Brian over, Brian can take a loss to Lashley. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, even like I mean, I'm trying to think of even beyond Lashley, who else Drew could face. The fact that they've had to bring in Corbin is a pretty much indictment of that. But if you had Ricochet built as a strong face, then you could very easily feed him to Bobby. But the fact is, they don't. Um, I think that's that's the issue. We're going to feed him Alistair Black, aren't we? No, they can't. They will. They spent so long building this up. They had they Eric Rowan I... bring around a thing for about five months and then sacked him a week after they revealed what it was. Yeah, that, that was a, that's a bad, that's, yeah, look, that was very <laughs> much a Paul Heyman, all right, that hasn't worked, never mind. Like, it's just, he just throws shit at the wall and hopes it sticks sometimes. But Ali Black, he's spent the last, like, good six months investing in. And if anything's if Raw's anything to go by now, I think it'll be Black versus Murphy again, which will be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, that's that's purely to so that Ali doesn't have to cop a loss out of someone else. Like, he can have another another win. So, yeah, that's the issue with Raw, I think, is there's not enough people who can lose, unfortunately, where SmackDown's full of them. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what happens anyway. But uh, main event time. Um... Alex, I'll start with you on this one. I, what did you make of the setting and stuff before we get into the pieces of the match? Uh, I thought you were going to ask me about the winner there. I got excited. No, um, not yet. Not yet. Uh, I okay. I wasn't sure what to make of it, but then, like I said at the, at the top, the top of the show, it was great and it was funny. And it was slightly tragic, and it was extremely cringy in a lot of places. And there were a few botches that you just like, oh, surely you could have re-recorded that, lads. But it was it was fun. And for Money in the Bank match that's so wacky and weird and the setting is so different, uh, I fully endorse them not having a brutal ladder match because doing that without a crowd must just kill the wrestlers. And... Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, which is another cinematic sort of... It wasn't quite a masterpiece like Mania, but it certainly wasn't a bad way to follow up the cinematic universe. I think it was a, it was a fun, good, very, very, very solid, much like its winner, um, match. Who uh, and, and it delivered on a lot of things. The Vince... I mean, for me, the Vince cameo alone just made it hilarious. And the way AJ... And, and Brian put the chairs back. Yeah, yeah. So that that alone gives it a tick from me. <laughs> um. So to do, I mean, the start of the match, we get different entrances between the men and the women. Um, and it starts with Oscar somehow <laughs> moth <laughs> transported onto a balcony. So he dives off on people. Uh, Baron Corbin throws a weight at a mirror, then stares at it weirdly for like five seconds for some reason. Um, it it was how do I word this? It was shit, but good at the same time. That's probably how I'm going to go with this. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. As I said, the whole theme for this thing for me was just fun. 
Um, so maybe because I, I approached it from that direction, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. With regards to uh, Bronze, um, with regards to Baron Corbin, if we can get a bad luck Corbin as a result of him breaking a mirror, oh, I'm all for that gimmick. I'm all for a b- bad luck Baron that Corbin would be gimmick. Great. <laughs> that and would be great. And I think he class. could pull it off. He could pull it off really, he really well. He murdered two that's, people. <laughs> yeah, and that's why the bad luck's coming for him. He's, he's a killer. <laughs> but no, you're right. If anyone can pull it off, he absolutely could. He just makes suffering look so good like that. Yeah, and then in, ter- in terms of um, Oscar, oh, crazy, but but good. Um, I thought the, the the whole AJ being stuck under the weights was hilarious. I thought AJ was low key the star of this mm. entire entire match. Um, I popped huge for Dana Brooke false winning it. That was such a false oh, winner. I, I was so happy for her. I was uh, <laughs> I was so close. Like no, surely not. <laughs> Fucking hell. I I thought I honestly thought that when Steph, and the Steph stuff was a bit cringy because you could tell she wasn't actually there. But <laughs> I could when when I went because it was filled with money. So I was like, oh, Dana's just going to leave the match and be like, brilliant. There's like 20 grand in here. I'm going to go buy myself a car or something. I thought she was going to like hightail it and be like, yeah, title shot, title shot. I just got loads of money. But no, she just left it and looked weird. And then Carmella put her head through a painting. I'd love that to be, to be one of the, one of the choices one of these days. If they continue a money in the back cinematic, um, match. Where you you find a briefcase and either you you take you know if you find the one with money you can either yeah. just leave the match and say hey I've got a bonus for the for the year or you continue chasing after the the actual title one but then you have to give yeah. up the money one. That would be I, great. I, I, I thought that I thought that's what they were going to play into it, but it, it we'll never know whether or not she got that money. Yeah, she, yeah. Got, she, got free, I, she got a free portrait <laughs> <laughs> with her head through it. The more I think about it, the more I like this match. Because you, you think back to the little moments, the food fight, the Vince bit, the Bruce Pritchard on the toilet, the doink, the, the doink random appearance, the AJ opening the door and being like, no, 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 no way. Wait, why is, why is this random blue room there with Undertaker? And then AJ going past all the portraits and just stopping and backing up against the wall because there's a random Undertaker portrait there. Just really, you know, when they think about things and they think through things, I really appreciate that, and especially when they're fun. Um, but, yeah, that, just the whole match was great. Well, let, let's stick with the women's before, because we've kind of gone with them. Um, we get to the roof. Um, I'll say fodder, but it's probably harsh. I mean, pretty much Dana Brooke, Carmella... Who else was there? Nia Jax. Nia Jax, Shayna. I... Shayna didn't make it to the roof. Didn't she make that it to the roof? That was one of my gripes. She didn't even she make didn't. it to the roof. Oh, so yeah, who, made, who, made it, who made it to the roof? Was it just Oscar and Nia? And Lacey Nia? Evans. La- Lacey, she got killed straight away, didn't she? Yeah, mm. she got pushed onto Nia and then um, Oscar climbed up, mm. didn't she? What happened to Shayna? Yeah, I can't remember. What Hmm. We, what happened? You said she had a good promo or something in the group. What, what did what did you say? Oh. so this was on on Raw. <laughs> yeah, you tell it. I'm gonna laugh. Um, so so on Raw, the obviously 
Well, we, we can talk about it after we talk about the opening segment of Raw. Because right, it ties okay. into that. So let's go with yeah. that. I mean, so at the end of the women's one, <laughs> Asuka's fighting with Baron Corbin for some reason. <laughs> on the top of the ladder. I don't think she this was it. so funny. Just Baron, he's just like, no, no just Baron, no. Just wait for her to grab, wait for her to grab the briefcase. But he's like, no, 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 you can't grab it. I need to grab it first. And Asuka's like, no, get off the ladder, get off the ladder. Kicks him in the face. It was great. Uh, but Asuka wins. Um, to the actually, I'll start with Valley because I know you're not biggest fan but out of them I know probably people may have wanted Shayna or stuff to win but considering the circumstances that we now know does Asuka make the most sense out of the people who were in the match yeah absolutely and I think Asuka even without the circumstances Asuka deserves it more than not yeah. deserves it should have held it more than Shayna because I don't think you need to give Shayna a briefcase you just need to have Shayna win um so for me, yeah, Asuka was the perfect choice. She deserved it. She's been the superstar of this world era in terms of always being there for matches. The Japanese commentary thing's been great. And, you know, I'm not her biggest fan, but I think she definitely is the best choice for Becky to pass the title on to. Mm. And today, you, you mentioned that she's been the MVP of the uh, the Rona era, especially in the early days. Is this just the reward for that? Because, I mean, it would have been easy to work it around to give it to Charlotte somehow and she can double champ it or something like that. But ask again, is that a sign of she's earned more trust backstage? Yeah, I think so. And the fact that I think Vince is starting to see what everyone else saw in her which is always a good thing, and uh, I'm sure she's going to do justice for the title. I just wish that they had made it a tournament instead of just giving the title to someone. I thought that, because that's just programming for the next month or so, if you have a tournament to, to get to the final, mm-hmm. and then maybe Oscar gets a buy all the way to the final because she won money in the bank, Yeah, and then she can always beat whoever you know reaches the final of that tournament. But then lose got, to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, but go, going this route of of giving someone the title, I thought she was the right person to give it to. Um, and yeah, her winning the 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 money in the bank was awesome. And I told you, bad luck, bad luck, Corbin. Um, it started the gimmick hey, early on with the with the ladder. All he had to do was just grab his own one, not get involved with Oscar. But as I said earlier, after that, he did murder two people. To attempt to murder two people. So you can't be that bad. Um, Let's move on. We'll come back to the men's one because it's kind of... uh, No, it's not the main story, but there's natural progression to to Becky stuff. Um, Alex, Becky's pregnant. Um, Yeah. A bit bit out of the blue, really. Um, But she hasn't been on TV for a while. Uh, People were speculating about stuff. Fortunately, it's nothing bad because when people say, oh, there's a huge announcement to have a retirement or stuff like that. But Yeah, serious injury. Yeah, it's um, great news for for Becky and Seth. Phenomenal news. And I had a thought today, which was, as I was watching this, which was basically, holy shit, she is Austin. She is this generation's Austin. She's gotten the loudest pops of anyone in this sort of decade-ish. Um, she's she's broken barriers. She's become a genuine star beyond gender and genuine star beyond the ring in terms of she was on ESPN, she's been in movies, doing Hollywood stuff, and she's having something cut her career, maybe not cutting it short, but certainly cutting it finer because once she has a baby, 
there's no way she can come back full time because mm. it's not like she can just pass it off to her husband or boyfriend. Um, wait, are they technically married yet? Or are they still just I engaged? Think they're engaged. They're married. They're, yeah, they're, oh, they're married. Oh, they are fully married. I knew they were definitely engaged, but yeah, they yeah, they are fully married. Um, yeah, the fact that Seth is the father means that they can't just do what a lot of other wrestlers do when they have kids, which is yeah, I'll go home for three months, help take care of the baby, but then got to get back to work. Um, yeah, Becky will have to stay home with the kid. She clearly wants to stay home with the kid. She is Sorry, very actually they, they are still engaged. Sorry. Oh, yeah, there you go. So they are still engaged. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so she can't just leave her with her fiancé. And now, yeah, she gets to go out with a real happy, like, there's no there's no edge. There's no sour note. Becky Lynch is going to be this this version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. A, a shorter reign but one that absolutely killed it and will be remembered so, so fondly because of the way she she went out and she sort of bowed out um, with the added bonus of her probably coming back to do programs down the line. Mm. Um, yeah, she's just astronomically the, incredible. That's the better, the better thing, obviously, the comparison with Stone Cold. He left due to injury and he boo-booed when he was meant to lose to Brock Lesnar, didn't he? Um, but with Becky, obviously, after nine months, she's hopefully giving birth all fine and stuff and when once she's safe the baby's safe there's kind of more settled she can come back imagine a pop at a royal rumble if she comes back it'll be as you say it will be fucking huge it she has become as you say one of the biggest stars she's become the biggest female star in you gotta say wwe history History. if not the entire wrestling industry The entire, the entire industry of all time. In my opinion, Charlotte Flair is the best female wrestler of all time, but Becky Lynch is without a doubt the biggest star. And I mean, I'm not sure if you guys agree with that assessment, but mm. it, oh, no, it, I agree, it's yeah. just astronomical. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the comparison goes deeper than that as well, in the sense that Austin was never meant to be the guy. And similarly, Becky was never meant to be the girl or the man yeah. or the guy in this situation as well. So she's she's always been, you know, anti-establishment, whereas, you know, Triple H, had, I mean, Stone Cold had Triple H and The Rock, who were meant to be the guys. Um, Becky had Charlotte, who was meant to be the guy. Ronda Rousey was meant to be the guy um, or girl. Um, and she's just risen above that. And I think in terms of her going away, obviously, uh, you know, congratulations to them. And we don't know. Every person is different. She might just, you know, call it here right now. Or if she ever comes back, at least she has that. If she ever comes back, it, her, her pop is going to be insane. And I, I wouldn't put it past WWE to have that timeline if they can, especially in a time like this, to to try and bring Ronda Rousey back, get her to get the title, and just imagine Becky coming back, you know, for next year's WrestleMania in Los Angeles against Ronda Rousey in her hometown, well, in her, you know, the, the town that she lives in and trying to take the title back that she never lost. I think that is probably WWE's number one target. Whether or not they can achieve that over, over the course of the year, um, I don't know, but that's probably what's going to be going to be the aim for how the Becky Becky Lynch return story is written up. Mm. Yeah, and the mirror the parallels in Austin as well. There is an iconic image of Austin bleeding after Bret Hart 
uh, and, the sh- and passing out. There is an iconic image of Becky bleeding after being punched in the face by Nia. Um, the promos that got them to the dance, like Taddy said, they, they neither were supposed to be the guy, the man. Um, the par- yeah, the parallels are meant to be heels as well, and then got the exactly, first pops. Yeah, <laughs> they, they first came out as heels, and then people refused to boo them. Uh, and they both had defining WrestleMania achievements as well. And I, don't, I mean, the par- we could go on forever about Becky's sort of incredible rise and influence, but the best, the most important thing is that it's great that someone is bowing out of the ring on a happy note. What? Obviously, Gasker's got the title now, but you'd probably say she's not really a Becky replacement. And Alex, who who do you think can take that mantle? I'm not. We we don't know what Becky's long long term plan is if she'll come back or whatever. But it, it, is it almost impossible to replace that star? Or do you look at people like Rhea Ripley? Um, I'm trying to think. Bianca Belair. I, Today you can talk about that in a sec. <laughs> you've, just named, uh, you've just named our two favourites there. Thank you. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Tony Storm. Tony Storm, Tony I was going to add as well. Right, yeah. There, we go. there you yeah, go, absolutely. Tony Storm. Um, you you replace the aggregate because you can't you can't replace Austin, but you can find Evolution. You can find Cena. You can find um even the likes of Eddie. In the meantime, carried them over. Kyrie uh, Sane is Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to go more with Sasha Banks, but yes, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think you're ever going to get the four horsewomen again, but you're going to get the influence that the horsewomen had on the industry. And if you look for new and different, and they've got the added benefit of, I mean, they could well ruin them, but they've got the added benefit of women being just incredibly good in NXT. That women's division is fantastic. And you you can find the new ones, but they're never, they're never going to be able to find another Becky. But I don't think they have to. Mm. Um, I think they have to find someone who can fill the void. The interesting thing is, and obviously we mentioned it before, I'm not sure whether you want to go through it now, Taddy, but the Shayna, uh, the Shayna Baszler promo was tremendous and really, really... Uh, what's the word, advanced Shayna's character because she was a cold, ruthless bitch, and B, it left the door open to a future Shayna versus Becky feud, um, and it sort of showed you that, oh, yeah, okay, they're still they're still working with it, they're still leaving the door open and everything, but I'll let Taddy explain it, because it just makes me laugh too much. Right, so what did, what did, what did uh, Shayna say? <laughs> So obviously, Becky on Monday Night Raw made the announcement in the opening segment, um, and then throughout the show, they were kind of getting either reaction pictures of her backstage, um, getting hugs from only the baby faces. It was noted, uh, well, it wasn't noted on commentary or anything like that, but it was noticeable that it was only the baby faces that were congratulating her for for the news. Um, Seth also got a comment from Ray about the the, the baby, which I think may have been part of triggering Seth to do to taking out Ray. Um, I think that could be an interesting wrinkle. But mm. when Shayna Baszler was interviewed about it, um, she said that Becky was stupid for getting knocked up during the height of her career. Um, she then also said that Becky's going to be barefoot and fat eating candy. Um, and then she, she ended it off by saying that the baby's going to suck. 
and her reasoning <laughs> for that was that, um, well, you know, who, who the father is. We all know who the father is, alluding to Seth being the father, and she rested her case there. Um, <laughs> now, so good. I, I think 100% Becky and, and Seth would have approved of this. In ter- well, obviously not approved of the message, but um, approved it being... Uh, that Shayna is allowed to use this as as a heater and and try and get heat on her. Um, they 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 I think Becky can appreciate that there's money to be made in something like that, where um Shayna is just going to ridicule them. And I can see, hopefully, um, from my perspective, see Shayna being catapulted into the title picture again, and hopefully getting it over the line now on the heel of just not caring about Becky whilst everyone else seems to be, um, you know, uh, loving the fact that she's got a baby and this beautiful thing. And I think Shayna could just be a, a heel about it. And, and it doesn't even need to be over the top heel stuff. She was just kind of, you know, speaking like it was fact to her that, you know, I think she said a hundred percent of women that leave their careers for, for babies regretted or something like that. So you can see, you know, she was laying it quite thick in terms of uh, her comments on on this whole thing of, of Becky leaving at the height of her career. And I would love, if, if it's not going to be Ronda coming back and they can't get her to come back, I'd love Shayna to then take that role and become a dominant force and not care about anyone and Becky then calling back to this moment when she does come back and, and that can be, a, you know, the fire for the feud. But yeah, I, I don't know what you thought about after after hearing what Shana had to say about the guy. I think <clears throat> I think it's good sign that it was trusted to Shana because she could have given it to easily had Charlotte. I know that their relationship's a bit different. Where the kind of I'm gonna have to say frenemies, Anna, the frenemies. Um, whereas Shana, she's just kind of a bitch. <laughs> so like, I think it's trusting that she's not. Or you could just give it to Naya quite easily as well, which would have made sense. Um, so it's good that it was Shayna given um, a marquee moment there. Um, but yeah, it, it makes sense. And if they they come back, obviously Shayna's got the the uh, Ronda Rousey linked as well. But maybe you can have Shayna Shayna Oscar would be something new. In, they never fought. That'd be fun. They've never fought. Even I don't really, that'd be fun. No, yeah. And the other thing is the Oscar reaction during the opening scene was so wholesome. Because you can tell she hadn't been told why Becky was dropping the title. Her face just went, wait, wait, mother. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> um, which was really, really cute. Really fun. So yeah, Shayna versus Oscar would make a lot of sense. Yeah. The only, the only bad thing about that is you kind of don't ask her to lose straight away and Shayna losing again would make her look weak. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, maybe probably have to eat the loss there. Yeah, maybe, maybe SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever time. Um, but no, I think long term that'll be a good feud. Um, but back on back to Money in the Bank then. Let's go to the men's side. Um, let's start. Let's go back to the roof. Um, Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio get murdered. Um, <laughs> But fortunately, fortunately, there's a second roof. Even though they the did, second roof. they did a sky cam where it showed there's literally nothing. It's literally, no, it's, it's literally, literally flat. Just a roof. <laughs> it's just yeah. the same roof. Um, but Baron Corbin, he never. The closest he got to winning was, uh, no, he was on the he was on the ladder at the end when Elias helped. That wasn't he? Of course he was. Yeah. Um, 
let's talk about the ending then. AJ and Corbin both have it. Elias, thank fuck, um, attacks Corbin. And Alex, it falls to Otis. Yes, it does, guys. Yes, it does. And he says, I did it, Mandy. I did it. I won, Mandy. I got it. And it was purer than anything WWE's ever done. Macho Man and Elizabeth who? I don't care. This was just glorious, especially in the way that they didn't actually have Otis climb the ladder because he still broke the bottom rung, which is nice of the continuity there because it would have been annoying if they had him break the rung rung on SmackDown and then all of a sudden he could suddenly climb the ladder. Uh, And again, AJ, the MVP of the cinematic era, is just brilliant at doing stupid things, but making them still, but still making himself look like a proper wrestler and not some comedy dude. Because he just, he's brilliant like that. And I think it was after the Boneyard match, someone, uh, I think it was, it might have been a Triple H's um, uh, podcast interview with Corey Graves. The Boneyard match sort of came about because, like, Vince didn't even know what the Boneyard match was going to be. He just told Triple H, okay, think of something. And then Triple H and Jeremy Borash basically came up with the idea, and then they filmed it and shot it. And apparently AJ was just the the, the best dude to work with, apart from the fact that he didn't swear. Um, so it seems like AJ has taken to this cinematic era better than anyone, except for Otis, because... Otis has taken to the whole Roman era, this whole galaxy, better than anyone. He is, without a doubt, the shining light of the last month, two months, three months of WWE TV. He is incredible. I can't believe they've given him the briefcase, but the fact they have is just fantastic. The way it happened just made you go, oh my god, yes! Um, And yeah, it's just all is right with the world, guy. All is right with the world. But something that might be wrong with the world today is the rumours that Otis might use it for the tag titles. Well, that's the thing. He he did an interview, I think, before um, the Money in the Bank, and he did mention that if he was ever going to win it, he would use it to, to cash in on the, the tag team titles. From my perspective... I wouldn't be the biggest fan of that purely because anyone can get a tag team title match. All you have to do is beat, them, you know, ask the, the, the tag team champions to a, a, a match or challenge them mm. to a match. Um, that match will then be non-title. You win that match and then, oh my God, they've just pinned the tag team champions. <laughs> and then you get a tag team title match the next yeah. week. So I think that would kind of be a waste. And considering that we've already got one briefcase that's been used mm. and a lot of the briefcases have um have been used quite quickly throughout the the, the recent years i would have wanted a, a bit more of a storyline with the briefcase i personally want mandy to manipulate him into giving her the briefcase and she can cash in on the women's championship and win it and then whether or not she turns on him um you know could could be quite interesting tv or in the alternative I just want AJ Styles to to beat him up, to trick him, you know, to kind of buddy buddy with him, and then challenge him in a match for the briefcase, and then beat him, and that would just make Otis even more of a babyface because you know 
AJ Styles is, is very good at that, you know, mocking the baby face. And yeah, those are the two options that I would choose. Or what, what about, well, the one thought I had would be, what if Otis and Tucker, well, Tucker's like, okay, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Let's cash in on the, on the tag champs. Like cash in. And then, and Mandy's like, well, hang on, Otis, you could cash in on the world champion. Don't you want to be a world champion? And then there's a bit of dissent there, maybe between Mandy and Tucker. And maybe Tucker gets a bit jealous and turn. Mm. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to see Tucker go heel, but Tucker is also really good. So I don't want to see him fade into obscurity either. So maybe that would be a way to keep Mandy and Otis together and, you know, turn Tucker heel because he gets jealous as Otis starts to consider like, yeah, maybe I will use it for a world title. I mean, I can, I could be a world champion. Otis the world champion. Um, yeah. So I think they've, they've given themselves a lot of cool pathways. I hope they don't just waste it on the tag belts. But at the same time, Money in the Bank's kind of good for that. Just like, If they do, do it later and make it curious and interesting mm. rather than doing it in the next month or two. I think what the regard, regardless of what they do, you don't want them cashing in on the New Day because New Day are probably the most popular tag team in since Hardy Boys, Dudley's and Edge and Christian type which is not very happy, good uh, in terms of fan reaction. And the main title pictures are Drew, who you don't want Otis to cash on on, unless you swap it to AJ Styles, as today says, and Braun slash The Fiend. Yeah, you I can't mean, cash on The Fiend, really. It would be amazing to watch Otis first The Fiend, but I don't <laughs> think, he could, I don't think <laughs> it works that way. Well. <laughs> uh, Imagine so, Otis. Just oh yeah! Saying, oh yeah! <laughs> and the fiend looking at him like, "What are you doing? Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> All right, fiend, I'm gonna. Get you. Oh yeah! Oh Chucky. yeah! <laughs> yeah, that means it'd just be Tucker versus the fiend every night on SmackDown, just getting murdered <laughs> until the match. <laughs> oh man! Oh, but I, I, to be honest, I I'm agree. I agree with you. Like, I like Heavy Machine, but if you they can always go back together at some point. If you split them, I think Tucker could become something good as a heel because we've seen i think he's probably been the most surprising thing from the Otis story is how good tucker is in the ring every time he's like elimination chamber the build up the um uh what the hell they're called what their match is called where people come in after one each other what gauntlet matches gauntlet match the gauntlet matches tucker's been one of the more surprisingly good workers i think so if he turns heel they could fight over it, and if say if Tucker got it, I could see him cashing in on someone. But I mean that that's the thing. Do we see Otis as a world champ, or it would be a long way before we get a champ he can cash in on? I think he has to lose. He has to lose if he ever cashes in, or if there's ever a match to keep the briefcase. If 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 it's not a big name like AJ, he can win that match. But I don't want him to to win a title as a result of cashing in because I just think you can get so much sympathy in him losing. Because can you imagine if he's going to keep it right? I, I would have him keep it for as long as you know until you can get a crowd back in there. Because mm. can you imagine the crowd when Otis decides to cash in? How epic that moment will be! But if how, he loses, you know, it'll be it'll break that's me. That's the point. That's the point. I That's such a Vince move. I can't go through it, it will that build today. Him up so much. Exactly. That's the point. 
he has to lose and that will make him so endearing because you know how disappointed he'll be he'll be pouting um Tucker will be trying to man. cheer him you up if they're, if they're still friends sadistic, sadistic <laughs> man Fuck you, you, today, you said man. I was rolling <laughs> you said I was rolling <laughs> you are rolling Exactly. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I can't have him lose it. It'd break me. Especially if there's Imagine fans back. Imagine, Imagine the pop when he the wins. As Darren Corbin. as people who have lost oh, the... Cena. Corbin. Uh, and it will be something like Baron Corbin costing him the match or oh, something. No, something no, really no. Oh, oh, no, God, Just no. to rub the salt in the wound. Guy, guy would travel <laughs> to your home and beat you to death <laughs> with some blunt instrument. Oh, God. Um, I can see that happening in a serious note, but as long as that then leads to Otis winning the title at some point. Yes, because yeah, of course. That's, that's what I think they... they well... Now they messed up with Soundow by giving it to him in the first place because he whoa, was just whoa, not ready. Whoa. No, I'm sorry. He was hilarious and he was entertaining, but he was not money in the bank winner. He was They should have given it to Cody. They should have given it to Cody, but fuck you, Alexander. No, no, well, yeah, but they probably should have given it to Cody, but then Cody that whole batch wasn't great. But Sandow was definitely not the guy to give it to. Especially people keep saying uh oh, wasn't Alex Riley great? Wasn't Damien Sandow great? Wasn't the B team great? You just go, mm, maybe the common yeah, denominator there is something. You dare compare Sandow to Alex fucking Riley? <laughs> How? Yeah, that bloke couldn't even stay in the Royal Rumble. The except they both worked with the Miz. Yeah, but and the Sandow Miz makes out people better. The Sandow outshined the Miz. Yeah, that's what they all say about everyone who works with the Miz, and yet Miz is the one that's still there, guy. Anyway, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> I think Otis winning the title would be all the sweeter by him being screwed out of money in the bank. But at the same time, I just want to see him win the belt. <laughs> it would be the happiest freaking. Uh, it's just uh, if Baron Corbin ever wins the belt. He is perfect to cash in on. Oh, absolutely glorious. Can you imagine? Mm. Corbin finally wins it. Everyone hates it. And then Otis comes out and wins it. <laughs> or AJ. Wins off him. Yeah. AJ yeah. is probably the most likely I could see you actually win the belt. Because I can't see Corbin unless he moves to Raw. But he's not beating Drew. Yeah. So if true. AJ ever beats Drew, which seems plausible, I might... <laughs> Imagine if yeah. this cash is on edge. Incredible, but no. In a, in a reality, I do think that Teddy's probably right that he'll either have the briefcase taken off him sneakily, or you are right. They, they, are, they are going to do the tag team thing. You are right. Though. I hope not. Yeah, I they are going to ruin suspicion. Yeah, they probably but will. And it, I mean, Money in the Bank has been pretty. I loved Boombox Brock, but it was kind of a waste of time. Yeah. The, the sort of gimmick was better than the result because it wasn't mm. really that useful. And then even going back, I don't think there's been a really brilliant Money in the Bank cash-in since probably Dean and the Shield, the Shield, every remember. Shield I member holding remember it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, remember the Shield uh, holding yeah, yeah, yeah. belts over the night? I mean, Teddy, can you think of any really good ones? No, not for me. I think I think it's kind. Of, it feels like it's kind of being wasted. Uh, I've always wanted Money in the Bank to be 
given to someone that wasn't already in the title picture and is getting elevated to that title picture. That yeah. that's always seemed the best for me. And in terms of who wins it, I usually like a heel to have it, just because there's so much more you can do with it. But uh, and that's probably why I lent towards AJ beating um, Otis for it. But in terms of this one, I think the good thing with him having it is there's so many options. There's so many different directions they could go with it. Hopefully they don't take the easiest one, which is the the tag route. Mm. I think there is a, yeah, I mean, definitely elevating people is the, the best thing to do with Money in the Bank. But I also like having Money in the Bank looming. Um, even Monster in the Bank was sort of all, all right for a no. couple of weeks. That, like, for while Broad no. held it, it sort of was okay. No, I'm, I'm trying trying to find silver lining. It wasn't. Here. He said but he was yeah, cashing in, then it turned was. heel the week later. That's it true. It was not great. It was bad. But there were a couple of weeks there where he was like, "I'm monster in the bank." So you were like, "All right, that's that. that maybe it will work." And that didn't. But no, just I'm thinking of the old. You know, when Edge held it for ages until New Year's Revolution, that was what, the first one, when Punk held it for a while, Ziggler holding it for ages and that build-up. You know, I like people holding money in the bank for a long time because it builds suspense. Bayless cushion was pretty decent, I, I suppose. Yeah, the women have actually Last been year. better. Mella on yeah. Charlotte. Alexa, uh, Alexa Bliss, Bliss on Naya Slash. Yeah. Probably. On nice slash Ronda, yeah, that was great actually. Like the Bliss's one, yeah, and Bailey's one was fantastic. I'm trying to think of the last bloke really one that was good. And you're probably right with Dean, but the biggest one yeah. before that was Sheamus on Daniel Bryan. Like it wasn't good. It, the moment was mint, but Sheamus winning the title wasn't brilliant. But in terms of that, that's probably the last one I remember. That's true. Was it Sheamus on? Were you thinking of Orton on Brian or Seamus on Roman? Oh, Seamus on Roman, sorry. Yeah, it was yeah which was, was yeah, Seamus on Roman was great, especially because the night after they went to Philly, expected Roman to get booed the shit out of, and the place exploded when he won the belt, <laughs> which was great. But yeah, you know, you're right. That probably was the one before, Dean. It was. Mm. Yeah, there really haven't been many good men no, it, since. I mean, I think since Seth's done it, it's just kind of like, ah, oh, you can't really top this anymore. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah, like, I think you like can only be creative with it. At least. I think you can only top it with like heartbreak now, I suppose. Yes. Oh, don't Buy say into that. It. I mean, into it, it. It, re- it is. They've all been shit recently. Don't say that. Oh, He's so Odin. endearing. He has to lose. Oh, Okay, if it, if he eventually wins the title, I I'm okay with it, but they yeah. won't. That's my that's my fear with it. That's my fear with it. But anyway, that's it. Um, are we happy with the pay per view? It was fun. We kind of called it yeah, fun on the podcast, don't we? Yeah, it was really. Yeah, fun. I enjoyed it. So it, it kind of begs a question. Um, we all kind of wanted WWE to have a break after WrestleMania and stuff like that, but. Now that they've had the first programming towards the pay-per-view and the pay-per-view, I mean, TV's not been the greatest, but now that the pay-per-view's there, it's like, hey, we, it, it, it's worthy of being on TV. Yeah, I think so. I think TV and ratings and everything being what they are, it's been nice to have a fun pay-per-view and then actually a fun Raw um, directly sort of 
following it too. Uh, hopefully this is an upturn rather than a, a blip uh, or an outlier. So, yeah, the, the pay-per-view itself was very fun. They've made the best of a bad situation in a way in the in what they did with Money in the Bank, and then Raw itself was actually quite good. So, I guess. Well, that's pretty much it, unless there's anything else from Raw we want to mention that I missed. I think the only thing is the basketball segment. Yeah. Oh, and Orton Edge. Oh, yeah, Orton Edge. What happened there? I know know there's a match set for Backlash now, was it? Yeah, I was expecting them to be crap, because they were like, on the promo package, Edge is hunting Randy Orton. The question you ask is, wait, why? He dealt with him. And then Edge Mm. literally came out and said, well, I don't know why they did that promo package, because I don't care. I've beaten Orton. I've had my pound of flesh. It's fine. And then Orton came out and said, congratulations first and then as he was walking back and his music was playing turned around and said nah you know what I can't do it yeah you came back you went in the Royal Rumble you went in a last man standing match but you've got nine years worth of ring rust you know you can't beat me in a proper wrestling match and that is a nice feud uh, that is a nice it's a nice template to build the feud on at least because I think <sighs> fans are smart enough now to be like uh, yeah, and just come back in a last man standing match so they can protect him and then actually bringing that up. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. That's a good way to do it. But obviously the basketball segment was the shining <laughs> light of Raw. I've watched the, I've watched the highlighted version that today was sent me, but you, you've told me that there's more, so I will have to find it properly. Uh, dear. But that's it. That was our Money in the Bank review and uh, it, it, probably the first good raw in a while um so thank you you two for joining me and thank you everyone for listening goodbye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.